The Naira makes further gains against the United States dollar. This and more in this episode. From over 975 cities and 124 countries, Kush Investments brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. And in Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. Unit trusts, otherwise known as collective investment schemes, do just as they say, pool funds together for investment. While unit trusts in Uganda have been operational since the mid-90s, they have only gained momentum over the past six years with the greater sensitization and today have a unit value of 1.75 trillion Uganda shillings invested in capital market instruments. Keith Kadiajira, CEO of Capital Markets Authority elaborates on where Uganda stands in comparison to giants Ghana and Morocco. Right now, the bulk of the funds that we've approved in Uganda are the umbrella funds and the money market funds that constitute about 90% of the total of about 1.75 trillion under management so far. So, so far, what we're seeing is a collaboration between an approved fund manager and a bank. And we hope that this will be the start of many such collaborations where banks are actively acting as distribution agents for the schemes that we're trying to promote in Uganda. Right now, there are only about 60,000 Ugandans who have invested, who have opened up accounts with the unit trusts. And we think this number is very low. We want to see this number grow to about half a million, 600,000 over the next five to seven years. I recall 15 years ago when there were only about 1.5 million bank accounts and we're seeing that number is a huge number. But right now, I think the number is exceeding 5 million bank accounts. So we want to see the number of unit trust accounts similarly grow to the point where the bank accounts were about 15 years ago. We also believe that the impo- one of the important principles about investing in is diversification, calculated risk-taking. And this is one of those things that is not taught in school, and that's why financial literacy is very important. Investing in financial assets on their own is, is difficult enough Investing in something you don't see, you don't touch, as opposed to investing in timber, livestock, you know, land, which most of us seem to understand. Um, so it's overcoming phobias, it's getting used to the whole idea of trusting your money with uh, service providers, not sure whether what they do, but at the end of the day, the role of regulators is to give confidence to the public that where they're putting their money is safe. Right now, there are about 18 schemes that are currently approved by the Capital Markets Authority. And we look forward to that time when um, there'll be more and more service providers joining the market. I'll tell you that in uh, Morocco, the unit trusts are currently constituting about 40% of the money supply. I know our financial system is still fairly small, um, with only uh, our money supply being about 35% of GDP. But still, nonetheless, we want to see a lot more participation of those savings going into uh, unit trusts and schemes of this nature. If you do a quick um, average, the 1.75 trillion that is currently under management by the 60,000 investors, that gives you an average of about 30 million per investor. That is still very high. We look forward to the day when the average of the assets divided through by investors comes to about 5 million. And again, I cite uh, the example of Ghana, where they have about 750,000 investors, $2 billion equivalent, that's about $2,000 per investor. And that is really an indication that the, the Ghanaians have got it right as far as marketing to the retail investors is concerned. So as I conclude, I want to appeal to Ghanaians by saying there's no shortcut to wealth creation. 
Wealth creation involves research, investing, monitoring, reinvesting those incomes, um, among others. It's a journey. It's not a short-term um, sprint. It's a marathon. And here I'm looking at one of our esteemed marathoners in front of me, and you know the pain that you go through when you're going through those marathons. But the returns are well worth the time, the patience, and the hard work, and the discipline, above all, of saving. No amount of income is too low to save. Many times we think if you earn only a million shillings, it's not enough to save. But imagine if you don't have that a million shillings. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Naira gained further against the United States dollar on the investors and exporters window two sessions after it closed on a negative note on Friday. According to data posted on the FMDQ Securities Exchange window, where Forex is officially traded, the Naira closed at 763 per dollar on Tuesday, appreciating further by 5.17 Naira from 768.17 it exchanged on Monday. The local unit opened sales at 760 Naira before it experienced an intraday exchange rate of 800 and 41 and a high of 467 and then settled at 763 naira. The Tuesday rate signifies a 0.9% appreciation from 770.17 the naira exchange against the greenback on Friday last week. The foreign exchange turnover within the day's market session increased significantly by 23.9% from $198.13 million published in the previous market session on Monday. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index was up above the 74,900 level on Wednesday on track for a second day of slight gains with investors focused on the future direction of interest rates ahead of today's central speech by the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. Meanwhile, traders continued to assess more economic data from several economies seeking clues regarding the momentum of the global economic activity. Recent economic indicators from the United States highlighted the ongoing resilience of the economy, while China released discouraging industrial data. On the corporate front, heavyweight tech NASPERS were among the top performers. And a quick trip around Africa. Uganda and South Sudan have signed a parcels argument for trade in electricity between the two countries. Trading of electricity across the border is expected to benefit the towns of Araba and Elegu in Uganda and Kaya and Nimule in South Sudan. The signing of the sales argument comes at a time when Uganda is about to switch on the 600 megawatt Karuma power station that has been under construction since 2013. Uganda and South Sudan signed the Memorandum of Understanding in December 2015, setting negotiations. The argument will see development of a 4,000 kilovolt Oluyo Juba power transmission line of 308 kilometers. Uganda will develop 138 kilometers of the line on the Ugandan side, while South Sudan will construct 170 kilometers on its side. Uganda and South Sudan have secured funds for the feasibility studies from the African Development Bank. African Development Bank will also finance a project based on the EPC or the public-private partnership, depending on the outcome of the feasibility study. South Africa and Germany have signed an argument to create a task force that will help Africa's most industrialized nation create projects that are able to meet international demand for 
green hydrogen. The joint declaration of intent signed virtually on Tuesday by Electricity Minister Nkosiento Ramakopa and Robert Habeck, German Vice-Chancellor and the Minister for Economic Affairs and Climate Action, will assist to drive the commercial viability of green hydrogen projects and infrastructure in both nations. It will explore opportunities to support the export of green hydrogen products and products that convert power to liquid or power to ammonia from South Africa to Germany and help link South African developers with German off-takers. South Africa's abundant wind and solar resources, which would be used to provide the energy to split water and the nation's deep capital markets have positioned it to potentially become a major producer of green fuel, which is expected to ultimately replace natural gas. Last week, state-backed firms from Netherlands agreed to back the creation of a $1 billion green hydrogen fund for investment in South African projects, giving the country a stake in the development of an industry that's expected to supply Europe with a green fuel. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial and you can find me at with the Dome.